Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello and welcome to the Mentor. I'm Mark Boris. This week I'm joined by Adam and Belinda McDougall. Actually, I'm going to swap it around. I'm joined by Belinda and Adam McDougall, who are the co-owners of a health food business called Cranky Health. In that company are the following brands you might have heard of them: the Man Shake, the Lady Shake, and fitness programs like the Man Challenge and the Lady Challenge. Now, I want to talk to them about their phenomenal success. I mean, they really have smashed it out of the park. Originally operating out of their garage, now being Australia's fastest-growing health business, and probably, as you'll see when we start talking, they are really not just a health business, but they're a food business. They're in the food game. And I want to know how they are working as a husband and wife team. Those dynamics—that's really important. How they share roles, how they argue, how they fight, how they resolve issues and problems, and how they stay married. And this is a great podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. Adam, no, stuff that. I'm not going to do it this way. I'm going to say Belinda <laughs> and Adam McDougall. Welcome to the mentor. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Now uh, I've. I've, I've I've done you Dukes before, like when well, no, I say done you, I haven't done you actually, that sounds bad. Dukes been on this before in the old days when it was called the Mark Bora Show um, and we talked about, you know, the man shake and the business of the man shake and of course we uh, we went into that unavoidable area of Dukes rugby league background and his history and everyone knows who he is but I'm really interested today to hear about Belinda's story. Sorry, mate. That's right. <laughs> There's an old saying. It's an old Indian saying, and I, I obviously don't know it in Hindu, but in English it's, uh, it goes like something like this. Um, success is often built upon the broad shoulders of others. And um, sometimes uh, the shiny bit is where all the success gets attributed to, and like to some extent I know how it works. I mean, You're the shiny bit, Dukes. <laughs> so my head. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking here. We've got the light. I'm getting blinded here for those people who can't see. Um, no, no. It, but, you know, and deservedly because, you know, he's he's put a lot into it. But Adam is the, the shiny bit of the Belinda and Adam show. And um, <laughs> what, what I really want to do today is talk to you about your wife. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, I'm only tall, as she reminds me all the time, because I stand on her shoulders. So, uh But the reality is we wouldn't have a business today and we wouldn't be able to change the lives that we're changing and, and trying to give back uh, if it wasn't for Belinda because, um, you know, if I had my way as a perfectionist, we would never have started the business that would have <laughs> waited to the perfect day. And um, she's here now and she can probably tell you why the business started and um, it started because she said, let's do it today, not tomorrow. Well, no, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good point to start because yeah. there are a lot of people who listen to our podcast, lots of people out there who are budding entrepreneurs. Yep. They've got a job. 
they're on a good wage. They're always thinking to themselves, I could do this, I could do that. But they never actually plan because they are perfectionists. Yep. And they sort of sit, when I say they plan, they don't actually plan to start. They're always planning it. They're always sort of writing stuff down, doing more research. And it's a bit like the Nike ad, you know, just do it. Yep. Um, why, Belinda, are you different? What is it that drives you that made you say to you, Adam, Let's do it. What 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 was it? What what's in your psyche, your personality? Uh, well, I'm a very big picture person, so I I get caught up in details. It does my head, and I literally can't concentrate. So I think there's two types of people out there. There's big picture and there's detailed, and I think you need both sorts of people. But I think to start a business, the bigger picture you can be gets it done. But it does everyone else's heading because you know I start the business and we don't have FPOS machines going properly and the stock hasn't arrived and I'm like oh well we'll just wait whereas a detailed person will wait so they have all the ducks in a row and every little piece of the parcel, but it's never because it's so uh, volatile and moving so quickly it's never going to happen. But we actually started when we did because I ran a business before. Well, tell me about the business you ran before. What, what were you doing before this? Uh, yes, yeah, so I ran a business that sold uh, fitness fitness equipment um, in shopping centres. Um, and it was really successful and then I'd had enough of it cause there's a lot of travel and I just, I don't know, I just didn't, didn't want to do it anymore. So I left and then unfortunately once I left the business folded, um, over a period of time and then I was literally doing nothing. It was the first time in my life I've done nothing. So when I was 14 and a half or however old you can work at Macca's, I used to work there for $4.25 an hour, <laughs> best job I ever had. Um, and I just loved it and I, uh, bought my first car and I just loved the whole systemization of McDonald's, which Dude, I think. you leave now. Well, we just, yeah. I'll just see you talking <laughs> about again. And like, we've got very young children now, our children are only two and three, but I know one day I would want my children to work in McDonald's because I don't think you can get better education than the system. Systems that Maccas teach children. And if you use those, what you learned, what you experienced, what you saw at McDonald's um, in the store, have you taken any of that into the, the, the oh, man yeah, business? Lot. Yeah, a lot of the stuff. Yeah, I think everything has to be systemized in order for it to work. Even, you know, systems of the time people turn up to the time people leave. Because as you get bigger and, and then you have to adapt to your systems as well because – the systems that get you to starting a business won't be the systems to get you to a million dollars to twenty million dollars, yeah, fifty million, whatever. You've got to evolve, and the people's the same. The people, the amount of people you've got to get you to a point, you'll find a point, a, a breaking point where you go, we're at a next level of our business. How do we take it to the next level? Because you get stale at that point, and that's when you have to work out what to bring in. Um, so I'd finished that business, sorry, cut a long story short, and we literally, I think, had a couple of grand left in the bank because Adam had lent money to a friend of his and never got it back. <laughs> so there's a tip there. Don't lend money to family and friends. Don't go into business with family and friends. Very negative. No. Um, and so it literally like, what we're going to do? And um, when Adam was playing footy. Um, so during this period, <clears throat> sorry. When, was Adam playing footy and you No, were, he had retired. He retired And then he was doing some um, – like footy stuff. So I remember he ringing me from Canberra, sitting on the sidelines in the middle of winter, <laughs> commentating a reserve grade game going, what the? Yeah, yeah. What the, the fuck? What the saying? fuck? <laughs> excuse me. What the fuck am I doing? And I was like, well, I know you don't like this. You're not passionate about it. I think it's a good transition for footballers, like with they don't know what they're going to do, that footy is great for them to stay into. But long term, he didn't want to do that. So when he was playing footy, um, he was way ahead of his time and he's always researching and Googling. And we call him McGoogle now. <laughs> In the office, if someone doesn't know the answer, something they go ask McGoogle. So because I'm a Google king. Um, 
Anyway, so what was I say? Yeah, so we had like a couple of grand left in the bank. Um, when he was playing footy, he was all into supplements and all that sort of stuff. But when he was playing footy, supplements was a really small industry. There was like one big player, and it wasn't. And by the time he'd retired, yeah, not even it was Masashi, yeah, Masashi was a big yeah. one, yeah. And then by the time he retired, it was just a saturated industry, and there was so much um, crap. crap out there. So then I started to go, well, you should still get into that because you're passionate about it and you like it, but how can we make it more legitimate and where's there a hole in the market? Um, and that's when we went with meal replacements because they're uh, regulated supplements. So uh, I don't know, probably most people don't know, but um, in the States, for example, protein powders only have to have 50, 50% of the actual ingredients on the panel correct. So you could say it's got one gram of sugar in it, it can have 20 grams, but as long as the rest of the well, nutrition panels. stuff in the ingredients and flavours and it's unregulated. Yeah, I know, right? And which is why Quest Bars got the massive suit not long ago because what was on the labels, not even in the product. So meal replacements is great because it's it's legislated in Australia. It's a food source. So that, that it takes away all that dodginess of the industry. I feel like the industry is still very dodgy because – what is a health product? And I think the government should look at so that. So I just want to get this clear for the people oh, listening. So, <laughs> so what, what, no, let's get this clear for what, with the listeners. So um, what you guys do with the man shake and the, the lady shake mm-hmm. yeah. uh, is it's a meal replacement. It's a food, yeah. It's food. food. Yeah, it's food, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is regulated. It's regulated. Which means yeah. whatever you put on the label has to be fed income. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. As opposed to supplements or whatever supplements, it is. Yeah, it's, a lot, it's, lot it's of a bit grey air, a lot of murkiness yeah. and, you know, whatnot. Our products are university tested. Because you think about it, when you're supplementing something in your diet, it's not a requirement. Yeah, yeah. But if you're giving people food, you've got to be very diligent with allergies, um, you know, what you're recommending if someone's pregnant or if they're breastfeeding or stuff like that. So, you know, we take comfort in the fact that there is regulation around what we do, I we suppose. We also customers do too. So, yeah. you know, like it, it, it gives <clears throat> people who use your stuff as a level of reliability. But, but Belinda, take me back. Because like, <laughs> I, because, I mean, I think there's so much in the story. So much. But I want you to tell our listeners what it was that you did to get this guy off the sidelines, commentating in reserve grade, down in camera. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> freezing his ass off. What it was that you did to make him think, okay, let's actually launch this business. Okay, cool. What did you do? Did you yeah. sit down and give him a smack in the mouth or what? I remember, no. Actually, I remember when I was sponsoring Origin. <laughs> I, so I've seen him. He uh, he would uh, whack himself before the game started. He's, he'd give himself, knock himself now around. she whacks me around. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, did he need, does he need that to wake up like well, a bit yeah. of a slap? No, yeah, so, he, yeah, he would have taken a lot longer to set up. So what I did was, it was funny, I at the time the four-hour work week book had come out. So I went, oh, I'll pick it up. And I, what I liked about that book was there's a lot of actual practical tips, which a lot of books don't give people. So we built, So I just went, I don't know anything about computers, anything about anything. We had no money. So I was like, I'm just going to build our own website. So we built it on Wix ourselves. We're just mm-hmm. plugging whatever. Um, we went on to eBay and then we literally just started to sell it to family and friends um, overnight. I found a supplier that Adam had known um, that would give us a 30-day account with a minimum order. Um, which is kind of hard to do. So my goal was I have to sell this product within 30 days to pay back the money um, and we launched in our garage. So I set up our little garage, which is a one-car garage. It's not a mansion garage. Um, and we just organised Australia Post to come and do our little pickups in our garage and that's how it but did literally you, what, what, started. What, 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 but can you remember <clears throat> the day where you went, I'm going to do this? Like were you sitting there? Sitting yeah, there? I do. No, it was actually funny. So it was in, it was in summer and I was actually floating in a blow-up pool in our backyard. And I was just going, what am I going to do? And then I go, do, do you know what? The, the hardest thing I find in setting up a business is coming up with a name. <laughs> 
I find name naming a business the hardest. So I remember yelling up to Adam upstairs, we're going to start this business and it's going to be called The Man Shake. And he goes, that's ridiculous. That's a shit name. No one's going to buy a product <laughs> called The Man Shake. And I was like, F you, it's going to be called The Man Shake. Are you on or you're not on? Um, and the, that, that was the moment. And then pressure on well, that was the moment I just said, we're going to do this. Are you on? Of course he's going to come on board. But, but he, like he was still working at the time. Like you're not going to then go that day, right, I've retired yeah, from yeah, yeah, footy, yeah. off I go, which I think a lot of people sometimes do that wrong. I think you need to. I always say keep your day job. Keep your yeah. day job and so it's established. But then what had happened in the meantime, which made us really uh, passionate about it and making it right, was that Adam's best friend, Dennis, which you can tell the story if you want about Dennis. Yeah, well, the, the why upset. behind why we did it was simply because of the fact that my best friend died of a heart attack at 42. So, and um, ironically, that New Year's Eve prior to that, um, we went to dinner on the harbour. He was very successful, um, had all the money in the world as such, um, but was overweight, did what most, I suppose, people do in today's sort of society. Indulge. Indulge and I suppose put their careers ahead of their health. So he was really, you know, chasing the future for his family, trying to really accumulate wealth and, and um, materialism. Um, but unfortunately, his waistline was growing at a, a bigger uh, rate of knots. And his wife approached me and said, look, how do we get him to lose some weight? What do we do? And I said, look, like most Aussie blokes, we'll respond not to being prodded from our wives, but from a bet. So she um, was happy for me to bet him that he could lose X amount of kilos over so many weeks. Um, and the prize, ironically, would be a dinner um, if he failed or if he, he succeeded. So we went on our ways after New Year's Eve and he said he was going to start when he got back after his um, holiday in January. Um, unfortunately, the first day he got back um, from his holiday, he dropped dead in the shower. Um, leaving behind three beautiful young heart girls, attack. heart attack. Yeah. And, um, that, that really rocked me to my core. Um, still does. I get emotional now, probably can sort of sense that it's hard to talk about, but that, that really sort of made me angry because when we went to, um, the family and whatnot and the, the grieving process, one of the first things that jumped out was his daughter come to me and said, Oh, look, um, daddy was going to win the bet. He told me, he said, um, he'd already started his diet. And I said, Oh Yeah. And then I, uh, and she laughed and said, oh, he, he actually was on a seafood diet. He, he, see, he, see, he would see food and eat it. <laughs> and um, I said to his wife, well, what's she, what's, what's, what was the diet? And she said, oh, he was taking one of these drinks to lose weight. It was a, a fat blasting drink. And I went, all right. And um, she goes, oh, it was so funny. We'd laugh. He'd drink this drink and 20 minutes later, he'd be knocking down the door of McDonald's trying to, you know, eat whatever he could. And I said, that doesn't sound right. So when I looked at the product, this first ingredient was sugar. And it had nearly more sugar than a can of Coke. And ironically, a few weeks later, I was in Canberra doing something for the NRL and wellness and John, um, Tony, Abbott. Tony Abbott was there and the, the health and wellness summit was sponsored by a number of corporations, which peddled sugar. And, um, I said to Tony, look, this is disgraceful. You know, how do you allow, you know, these sort of events around health and kids to be hijacked by big corporations? And he just sort of said, well, Adam, there's two people in the world, people that can talk about making a difference and people that do make a difference. So he sent me off on my little way, come home, told Belinda about that. And, um, she said, well, he's bloody well right, isn't he? You know, you can talk about it or you can do something about it. And that's sort of really what planted the seed in our heads to start this journey. And, so, and I'm, I'm actually intrigued though, because when you say, you, Belinda, you said that you did it out of the garage. I mean, you used to get straight posts to come pick the stuff up. Like, did you, did you brew it in the garage? I mean, what, what is it? No, no. So we found some, a small some, little had, blender, yeah. yeah, that would just do small runs for us. Yeah. We had two flavors, chocolate and vanilla, yeah. and we had to put the labels on ourselves. So come in a tub, we wrap our little label around, pop it in the box, and send it off from the garage. Yeah, That's yeah. And like started, there was yeah. a lot that went in it. It took us probably a good twelve months to obviously do the 
So my background, you know, I did some stuff in food science and went to university and I've done all the diplomas and whatnot in nutrition and all the other stuff that you do when you play footy for 20 years, you spend your time not using the TAB. You can also go to uni if you're half smart. Um, so I was involved you're in You're one of the industry. few that did do that. I was very lucky that I had a good mum and, you know, yeah. she made sure that I made education a priority as well as playing footy. But, you know, in the background of all the study and whatnot, I seen um, the industry grow and I, I seen there was an opportunity to create a great product um, with my background and knowledge of how to, how to make food. So we collaborated with some doctors and dietitians and nutritionists and food scientists to create a, a product. And the interesting thing about when we started the business was, once again, Belinda would always say, well, why can't we do it this way? And I think that's a really interesting way of looking at it. Sometimes when you come in as an expert into a field, you've got your blinkers on because you've been institutionalized to think a certain way. You've been indoctrinated at university to think that this is the way you know, that the economy works. I studied economics at uni. This is the way that interest rates, you know, are determined and whatnot. But when you come in with not as, I suppose, a rigid view, you can challenge people. And that's what we've done. We've come into our food scientists and said, why do we have to put this ingredient in that product? Why can't we put this in? Oh, well, we've well, always... We interrupt because everywhere we went, everyone wanted to add heaps of sugar into the product. And I kept going, why, why do we have to add all this sugar in the product? And they said, well, because sugar's cheap. So if you want to go into retail... You have to put sugar in your product because there's no margins otherwise. So that's when I went, well, no, we're not going to go into retail. We'll just be an online business and we'll make the best product ever. Um, and our margins will be smaller. But if we create a great product, which is the problem, that's the problem with when you go into the supermarkets now, um, the products are still labelled with sugar because what sugar is what a dollar a kilo and protein yeah. powder is what $20 a kilo. So so how do you make it taste good though? From yeah, natural well, ingredients. Natural ingredients. That's the thing, you know, and, and once again, cacao, cacao coconut. coconut, and just challenging the, the, the norm of the industry. That's the big thing because people get lazy and they become comfortable in the ways that they do things. So, you know, we're very lucky that, um, you know, we took a guy that was a, a very smart food scientist and gave him an opportunity to be part of something and build something himself. And, you know, he was a younger sort of more open-minded guy. So when you'd come and say, you know, rather than put this particular ingredient in it, why don't we try this? You might fail a hundred times till you get it right, but you know at least we're moving forward. But I, I, I just noticing the two of you sort of sitting here opposite me. I, I'm just trying to work out what the dynamic in the business is, <laughs> um, like <laughs> how it works, because uh, <laughs> you're you're both super energetic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, you both project like with lots of force. Um, I'll ask the obvious question in a moment, um, <laughs> but like in terms of, do you both work in the business full time? Yeah, full yeah, time. Yeah, right, okay. yeah, got two so, kids. So that, that's the most amazing thing. I think that, you know, without embarrassing of the thing, I was sort of amazed by Belinda's work ethic and her ability to juggle so many hats, which I, I know a lot of women do. Like she had a, a baby, our first baby, and she spent four days in hospital, I think, and then was back at work, which when you've got your well, own small business. don't do much at the start. <laughs> yeah, but when you've got your own business, you don't have the luxury of just sitting back and saying, I'll go back to work. And you have to be committed yeah. to it. So but who does what? Like, do you split the duties? Yeah, or? well, we try not to work together because we hate on each other. So Because we are <laughs> total opposites. So Adam is the most detailed person you'll ever meet. I'm the most big picture person that you'll ever meet, and we don't agree on anything. Um, so Adam looks after more product um, development and marketing and that side of the business, and I look after more day-to-day operations um, in a nutshell, yeah. So, so did you actually formally allocate those roles? You say, listen, yeah. I'll do this, you do that, or you say? We should do that <laughs> better. <laughs> and but do you have people who report to you and you have people who report to you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Look, um, yeah. Do you do work do in the same to, premises? Yeah, so we all work together. We actually have the same office, but I feel like we should get. 
separate offices. Look, there's over 50 people in our business. So, you know, Belinda's <clears throat> much better than I am at managing the people. Um, I think rugby league, whilst it taught me a lot of valuable lessons, it also has made me sometimes not as soft with people as I should be. You know, in rugby league, the, the beauty of it is that there's no BS. You know, you're yeah. standing next to a guy shoulder to shoulder yeah. on the football field. If he makes a mistake or if he doesn't, you know, I suppose, deliver on what he says he's going to deliver on, you're pretty brutal. Yeah, yeah. Um, you come into the real world and you realise that sometimes that uh, you tact. Tell, you, you can't punch people in the face. You can't punch people in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'd yeah. like to. I'd like you to, you know, but you can't. <laughs> so, you know, if someone makes a mistake in the organisation, you, you tend to forget that sometimes that that resilience isn't built into your staff as much as it is in a football team. It's a totally different sort of environment. So. Belinda sort of keeps me away from the the You're a bit more empathetic. Yeah, empathetic. And so Belinda pr provides empathy, but does she? And that's the, her picking you up on on your style. Yeah. But Belinda's role in the business is the day to day operations. So you're sort of sitting around thinking about how I can improve this, or how I might be able to push this marketing campaign, or how I might be able to get out to bigger distributors, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe a new, another brand or another line. I'm thinking of about new products. products, and she's always telling me. Relax. You don't need to do yeah. that, or because Adam would have a thousand products. I'd have I'm a, thousand, a big right. believer in keeping it simple, limited flavors, limited choice, because I think the more things you have, the more complicated it becomes. But you still have the same customer base. So if you have ten flavors, <clears throat> and, excuse me, most people pick four. It doesn't give you more customers. It just gives you more stock cost. that you've got to hold, more costs. Yeah, yeah, more And complex. it's the same customers. It just, it just makes it complicated. That makes sense to me. So um, I really try and keep things simple. So She's the brains. Um, so we fight about that a lot. I mean, okay, that's what I know. Okay, that's the dynamic. Let's go there. Let's yeah, not avoid it. Okay. Yeah. So husband and wife, how long have you been married? Yeah. Oh, God, we've been, been together like since you were 18. Something yeah, but since Belinda was 18, we've been together. Yeah, so. so, it's so I'm only like 21 now. Three years. Yeah, so we've had a good innings together. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. longer than most people yeah. last, I can tell you now, yeah. in terms of averages. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, well, the obvious question is how do you – I mean, I don't know how I'd go with in that environment. I mean, I'm, I found it hard enough just to stay married. And I didn't stay yeah, married yeah. three times over um, uh, without seeing anyone during the day. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, your wife's got to be made of Teflon. So when you lose your temper or you do fight, you don't hold on to it. You've got to be able to move on and know yeah, it's not yeah. personal and – I think you have to really love the person to start and then go into business because it is a lot of pressure, even if things are going great. <laughs> totally. Yeah. There's a lot going on, like, you know. And you'll say more to your partner oh. than you would I know, to I just a business partner. I all the time. I go, would you speak to a CEO like that? And he'd <laughs> no. go, no. I go, well, hello, I am yeah. the CEO. So, well, like, but, how, but do you have rules? I mean, do you sort of say, okay, uh, Adam, <laughs> don't speak to me like that in front of staff? Yeah. We well, I'd like to. to have that rule, but Adam doesn't, <laughs> and, and still thinks he's playing football in the locker room, <laughs> and then he just huffs out with his. Um, but did you did head. you come from the same? Did you grow up in the same environment as Adam? Like, I mean, are no. you? No, no. Yeah. And obviously, he's a footy player, but, <laughs> but like, what, what what's your? Or where did you grow up? What, what, tell me about. I was your, from Newcastle. Yeah, so I grew up in Newcastle. Um, yeah, just yeah, grew up in Newcastle. Just. Nothing too exciting about my. Oh, but I mean, like when I say, like, did you come from the same, you know, sort of uh, socioeconomic background as Adam? I mean, the same. I sort said of... my dad worked in the mines for forty years. Yeah. Um, my mum worked. Out. Yeah, yeah, my dad played forty, yeah, and my dad then was an actuary. Ironically, after that, but um, yeah, both both blue collar workers. You know, yeah. So labor, same, same, same sort of background. Yeah, background. Yeah. So you know, you know how to sort of shout a brother. So I think a brother's an easy. Yeah, we do. We do. Army. Look, to be honest, we do try to hire people that we know because I we do swear a lot at each other, <laughs> and I do say to people when they come to the organisation, 
that there will be swearing and we try raise not to raise voices. Swear. There'll be yeah. raised emotions. voices. Emotions. There'll be emotions. Who gets emotional? You but or him? But I think that was a, <laughs> I, Adam, 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 yeah, psycho. Um, but I think the good thing that we do do well, and even Adam does it well, is we don't project that onto our team. So we have a great team. We have a loyal team. We have a passionate team and we don't yell at our team. And, and we don't, uh, if they make a mistake, we don't um, belittle our team. You just do each other. Just each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, just each other. And probably the hardest bit I think for us is that when we go home at the end of the day, so when Adam wakes up in the morning, I don't know how he sleeps, but he has 10,000 ideas of things he's going to do. <laughs> and he just, boom. And I just want to have a cup of coffee and everyone just shut up and leave me alone. So, And then the kids come and they're screaming. So that's where it all becomes a bit, I think that you need some boundaries of, we don't talk work between. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I, I think it's really important that, um, you know, like someone like me unfolds a little bit this and finds out the dynamic about, I mean, you, you've done it naturally, but I'd like to know actually in an articulated way, or I'd like to articulate it, how someone like you, Belinda, can raise two kids. Two kids? Two. Yeah, yeah two a three-and-a-half-year-old and a two-year-old. Two yeah, raise two kids, get up in the morning. Obviously, they got soon they're going to be getting ready for school. They'll probably go to daycare and stuff like that. Um, and, and, and obviously your kids are sick, et cetera. But at the same time, you're effectively the CEO of the business because, you know, if you're head of operations, that's what you're doing. You're the CEO of the business. Um, Adam is like, you know, head of strategy or whatever he is. Um, you <laughs> know, a good question. What is it? <laughs> some others. But then you've got a whole lot of staff and you've got, and, and everybody runs into business problems. You know, you're both entrepreneurs and you're running a business and it's a successful business from what I can see. I want to know how you actually... Have you actually sat down and focused on how you two are going to operate your dynamics? I really want to know because there's lots of people out there who are thinking about going to business with their husband, their wife, or their partner, um, and, and and just people like me. I'm in business with my brother. My brother's in my business. One of my businesses, Yellow Big Road, and and I'm in business with uh, one of my sons in, in in the mentor. And like, it's a hard dynamic, yeah, you know. Is. And who 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 runs the show? How does it operate? And it's taken me fucking years, <laughs> especially in my yellow brick road business, to work out how to operate or interact with my brother, who's a really strong-willed person. Yeah. You know, he's a lawyer. He's a hard ass. Um, on one hand, I mean, I'm the biggest shareholder, and but I do need him in yeah. everything I do. And yeah. uh, so I, I'd be interested to know how you guys operate. Cool. My brother and I are really close, with obviously, but. Uh, I, I, I've never really thought about this before yeah, yeah. myself, and um, I might be able to get some tips from you guys. So we're going to go to the break. When we come back, right. we're going to wrap this a bit. Welcome back. Um, I'm, I'm here with the McDougals, and we are talking about their business, which now includes Manshake, yep. the, the Manshake, yep. the Lady Shake, the lady shake yep. and there's one for kids now. Yeah, we've got the Kids Shake just about That's to launch, launch as well, yeah. which we're really excited about. When, when's that going to launch, Adam? Uh, January next year, we're hoping, yeah. So obviously it's off the back of my two beautiful kids. So uh, seeing mummy and daddy in the morning wake up and have a shake, they wanted to have our shake. And uh, it's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do is feed a, a two-year-old or a one-year-old in the morning, getting throwing the food back in my face because they want to eat it and trying to rush out Is this door. something kids can take to school? Or yeah, it's a breakfast or, shake. Or, yeah, a breakfast, breakfast shake and a sports shake. Yeah, yeah but it's not this rubbishy stuff that parents. I've no, seen so pe- taking some parents on that up stuff. and go that yeah. parents think is good for them, which is just sugar. Yeah, it's a proper uh, breakfast shake for kids. So right, okay, that's great. Because, because I know as a mum and working or a busy woman, you're trying to get out the door 
kids won't have breakfast. So I know that if I give the kids a shake, um, then no matter what happens during the day, they've had, it's got vegetables in and all that sort of stuff that you can't taste, obviously. Is it, is it just it, tastes it, like a it, chocolate milkshake. Okay, so it tastes like chocolate milkshake. Yeah, it tastes yeah. like chocolate milkshake. And, and yeah. the kids have approved it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of kiddie tasting. It took two years to get it to where it is today. Even that, That's been our hardest. That's been adventure. our hardest challenge is because yeah. I wanted to, you know, essentially our whole business philosophy is creating, you know, foods on the go for people because people are busy, they're time poor. Being able to provide people with the nutrition they need when they're on the run or they don't have a lot of money. So And low sugar. And, you know, it's, it's got to be good for you most importantly. So with our kids, you know, we understood the difficulties of getting kids to eat vegetables. I don't know what it is with kids, but they, they can just find see them. a bit. They find it. And they they know find it's a, a bit of green stuff in That's there. What, they, okay. how, what is that? Like, that is it. Yeah. And the trauma, like as a parent, you feel like you're traumatic. failing when your kids don't eat vegetables. You yeah, feel 100%. Like you're a loser. Guilt. So guilt. guilt. So, you know, we tried a number of different things and, you know, we then started hiding um, kale in, you know, our, our shakes and we'd put shakes and more chocolate, you know, cacao in it and different things. And, you know, the big thing was getting their vegetables up. So, you know, with the kids shake now, it's going to have three servings of vegetables in, in each shake. Um, and it's just freeze dried, you know, vegetable powders and, and fruit powders. And what and is like a uh, 200 mils? Or what, what? Yeah, it'll be, it'll be with about, milk, yeah. yeah, it'll be with milk, you know, because obviously. It's just a powder. And powder. And oh, okay. It's not yeah. like Shake the one up. I get. No, it's, it's not, not like the drink. No, it's not the drink. It's just a powder you put in there. Yeah. Put some milk with it or water. Put some milk, water, water, you know. Shake it up You know, shake it up and go and, you know, you know, your kids are then getting what they need. All the probiotics and prebiotics, all the stuff that's really important for kids. DHA, when you're that, that's, that's bloody good. That's yeah, a beauty. That yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Next year we're starting. Next year, it's like all these things, you know. And that's the other advice, I suppose, to give people out there. They're going to start a, a business, you know. You, when you go, you've got to be ready to go. You can be first to market, but it doesn't mean you're going to be the most successful. You look at Google, for example. They were the 62nd um, search engine business that launched but they're the biggest today. Hmm. Um, you know, you look at Coca-Cola and you look at Pepsi, but if you, I asked you to think of another type of cola, could you name it? Hmm. Probably not. You know, you're either first to market or last, a lot of people argue, but in saying that, when you are to market, you need to be successful. And to do that, you need to really build up a war chest, whether or not it's with your time to know that you can invest into your business concept and idea, because if you don't, someone else will steal it. Or have you got the money and the capabilities to market the product? Because, you know, the best product in the world, people don't know about it, it's pointless. So, and just finding in that niche market within a market. Yeah. So, that's and that, well, just on the kids' market. Yeah. Who identified the kids' market out of the two of you? Whose role was that in your job? That was me. I'm the big, yeah, the, I'm the, the sort of, I suppose, the person. You're that, the product guy. Yeah, I'm the product guy. So, you, you, you said, let's do a kids. Oh, well, I sent a problem, which was I couldn't feed my kids. Okay, so the problem. So <laughs> and that's you, how I the, always look at business. And then you thought, I'm going to how go do I find solution. Solution. So, we started making our own shakes for our kids. And yeah. then as we spoke to more and more people, they're like, oh, can you send me that recipe of what you give your kids for breakfast? Because yeah, my I'm kids really curious can't about this yeah. myself. eat everything. And I got a grandson now, and I'm yeah. and he's one. He'll be two or three soon. So, and uh, and I know that my 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 son and his wife both work. Yeah, busy family. Kids been going to daycare since he's four months old. Um, you know, and he's he's active. Yeah. Um, and I, I often would think to myself, well, how, how do they get the proper pro- proteins into him? But yeah. all the vegetables, like the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the all, well, the stuff is, all the stuff they've got yeah, out, things I never heard really, of before, yeah. by the way, when my kids are growing up, <laughs> yeah. but they're things I now know about. Yeah. And uh, I'm actually very curious about this, and particularly if it's a tasty drink. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, kids that you know, they're the most honest audience in the world. Totally. So, you know. So you come up with the idea, you, you knew the problem, you come up with the idea, <clears throat> yeah. and, and okay, and we were talking about the the dynamics between the two. What did you do? Just sort of, were you just sort of sitting there watching telly one afternoon and you said, no, hey, Belinda, what about this? Well, no, they were just there and they, they were struggling to um, eat their breakfast, as I said to you, cereal. At home? At home. Most people kid did their kids cereal, so we'll give them some oats with some yogurt and maybe some, you know, berries on it and whatnot and you know, having to sit there and try and 
feed a one-year-old and a two-year-old at the time. Punish. Punish. And I was trying to get out the door. I have no tolerance as it is. Yeah. And Fucking here punish. I am. Punish. Mean, oh, yeah. So hard. Yeah, and I'll the just, funniest thing is Adam's the most stubborn man you'll ever meet. And our oldest daughter, Harlow, who's three, is more stubborn than him. So watching the two of them go to war as to who's going to eat this. She's never going to eat and he's going to lose it. And that was the end. So, And then I grabbed my <laughs> shake to run out the door and then one starts crying and pointing, wanting my shake. And I'm like, you can't drink this. It's got too much protein in it. You know, it's 30 grams of protein in this, but she wouldn't back down. So I gave her a sip and, you know, then we started the journey of giving them our own smoothies. But the problem was, like I said, we're putting 50 things in it, me being obsessive. I'll put chia seeds in, I'll put flax seeds in, I'll put probiotics in, I'll put Greek yogurt in. You should see him. It's him half an hour to make this smoothie. And then he'd hold his breath as he would give it to her. (laughs) And he'd give it that much. For oh. the reaction, and if she started drinking it, it was like his whole day. It was just, the best moment of my day. It's like, like sunshine and rainbows. And like if she wouldn't, he'd be like, ah. It was like building a house and someone just <laughs> lighting a match if they didn't like it, you know. I'd just give her the milkshake in the morning and go, please, this took me 20 minutes to make. Please, please drink, drink it. You're killing me. You're killing me, you know. So Did you go, uh, no, more chocolate. <laughs> yeah, more, more, no, not the chocolate. More no. banana. But where mm. the dynamic's so good between us is I come up with the, a, a solution to a problem and said this is a great opportunity for us to create something for other people to help them which is what we're always thinking in our business. Our why is how do we help people or how do we make people's lives better? Which is actually how the man shake became, as it became and is now wildly successful, is because there was a real hole in the market at the time because there was protein powders for like people that went to the gym and that, but there wasn't something for the everyday Aussie bloke unless like you go to a supermarket and you buy a pink box from Celebrity Slim or whatever and take it home to your husband. Like there was a real hole in the market there. Like the everyday Aussie bloke was completely missed. Well, so people that's thought we were I'm, mad when we said yeah. we're going to do a weight loss product for blokes. Yeah, they said they never saw. So we went to so um, one of the biggest companies point, in the world. Yeah, one of the biggest companies in the world. And they said to me they were a beer company, and they said, um, "Mate, you'll never succeed doing this, selling a weight loss product to blokes. Blokes don't want to lose weight." And um, you know, even when we went into Caltex, so we went um, to Caltex and we turn up to the meeting, and they go, "Ah, oh, so it's called the Man Shake and the Man Bar and the Man Fuel. What about women?" And I go, well, how many women actually come to the Caltex and buy a ready-made drink anyway? Oh, maybe like 5% of people. Okay, well, if I capture 50% of a whole market or I make a generic product and capture 1% of a huge market, like I've got 50% of a whole market. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, maybe we could sell something. I go, I don't know what they are truckies that are coming in anyway. Oh, but it's just getting people, they're just so caught up in a certain way to think. It's hard to get people to. Yeah, it's hard to get people to think. So, no, no, I want to get back to, to yeah. But I want to get back to the kids' shake. So, what oh, happened? Yeah. So, yeah. Adam, you, come, you saw the problem. So, I see the problem, and then I obviously with my background and. and but, how'd you, but how'd you mention to Belinda? What happened? Well, no, because it was no, like. No, so he just say, oh, well, I'm going to make this shake for kids. And I just go, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> And then he puts it together. Um, yeah, then yeah. he just goes off and does it. I just go, yeah, yeah, whatever, because I just want him to focus on the everyday thing. I go, oh, if you want to do that in your spare time, off you go, whatever. And then um, he'll he'll talk to our team um, and get them to make it, and then he'll come in. This is how, this is how it actually works. So he'll come in and he'll go, oh, this one is the best one I've ever made. <laughs> and our team will taste it. They always make me taste it first. And I go, it's like my kitchen rules. You don't tell the other person. You don't go, oh, that's awesome or not. You'll taste it with a blank face and then you say what it's like. And if it's really disgusting, I'll go, oh, that's disgusting. And he'll go, fuck you, you're off the tasting team. (laughs) (laughs) You've got no taste at all. And then I'll say something back like, you eat broccoli for breakfast, so I don't know where your taste buds are. And then Because that's important though because a survey one is not a good survey. No. So, and and we all think 
That's a really important point, yeah. particularly for people who are entrepreneurs. They think I've got this. They know the problem. They think they solution. The solutions. Everyone's going to like the solution. When in fact, you've got to ask the people who are going to consume it. Yeah. yeah what yeah. do they think? Yeah. So, and you, what you do here, Belinda, is by the by the look of things, is that you actually you put you throw down the gauntlet to Adam, and you make sure that he sort of um, sort of steps right into reality, mate. Your thing, you might think is okay, but it's pretty shit. Yeah. You're yeah, prepared to say that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And big picture too, like you know, she'll then to say to honest. me, "Well, all right, we're going to roll this product out, but okay, where do we source the the packaging from?" I know he's going to yell at me when I tell him I don't like it, but that's all but right. But the timeline of getting it to market too, you know, it's not that simple. Like it's, okay, then you've got to do all the design and new packaging. We've got to get the five-star health rating, which we've got. You've then got to go and get, you know, the bags made and you've got to source all the ingredients. So we've just spent two years trying to make a vegan, a dairy-free version of our product. It took me two years to get the taste right. We did all this blind testing, university testing, spent tens of thousands of dollars getting this product right. Then when I hit the go switch on it, the supplier of the lentil protein couldn't keep up with the demand that we required. So he turned around to me and said, oh, mate, I can't I meet. I didn't know you were going to want that much. <laughs> and I'm like, mate, I've took two years to develop this protein. Your, your raw ingredient is a major part of my new product. And he's like, mate, we don't have that many lentils in Australia. <laughs> so I'm up shit creek. So now I'm going away now trying to work out how do I get hemp protein to work with like pea protein. <laughs> tastes like ass if you've had pea protein. It tastes like shit. But everyone now wants to be dairy-free and vegan. And for whatever reason, they're a special breed. But if I had brew. my way, I wouldn't even have a dairy-free She wouldn't have version. a dairy-free. She goes, so just, because you think the market's too small? Sorry? You think no, I think it's a big market. I just think that you can't be everything to everybody. Mm. But I do see that there is a market there, but. Yeah. I know a lot of people, by the way, just on that pea it's protein. I know a lot of people who who don't want, who want dairy-free protein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dairy-free pro, Pea protein is one of the ones, uh, yeah. I think it's called, one called Good Life or uh, yeah. something like that they're all going after. Um, and, and I know this sounds a bit uh, sexist, but p particularly chicks. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people now want it. And yeah, women like look, it. If you have a look at the way we are built as human beings, we want to feel like we're part of a tribe. At the end of the yeah, day, yeah, it's all yeah. that tribalism. And unfortunately, you know, outside of religion, what dietary group you fall into is probably the most dogmatic and protected thing in our in our uh, DNA. So someone we're not can, in the same tribe. Yeah, but it. someone can say I'm a vegan or I'm a paleo or I'm you know a keto or whatever. It makes you feel like you're part of something. Yeah, and that's part of our DNA. We need to feel like we belong to something, and you protect that. So there is a big trend there. But you know, once again, you know, if you want to go down that path and you want to be someone that has dairy free in your in your lifestyle it shouldn't have to taste like ass yeah that's what totally. i never understood like in this whole industry once again the reason why it does taste the way it tastes is because it's expensive to make it taste better because when you start to add in the natural stuff that tastes good like cacao um, and the different sort of ingredients it's it's cost prohibitive and what model do you want and like belinda said so elegantly then it's the truth you can be Anything you want to be in life, but you can't be everything. Yeah. You have to focus on what you're good at. So so given that that's Belinda's sort of mantra, yeah. I mean, will you continue on with, with the vegan? Yeah, look. We're, oh, we're, yeah, we'll definitely do vegan because yeah. that fits into Well, we more call it dairy-free because our market's yeah, yeah. more dairy-free. Yeah, dairy-free. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's vegan. Um, and we'll do the kids' shake because that's important to me as well. So I think like- I love the idea of the kids' shake. I, yeah, I, I really good. do think- It's, it's going to be a really hard market to sell to because, um, well, I feel like it's going to be a hard slog. Because I feel like parents are uneducated, they're scared, they're not sure what to do and when to do it. And then they see these big companies because people don't understand, like, we've been wildly successful. We compete against Nestle, Sanitariums, all these massive companies with massive budgets and massive marketing campaigns that are targeted towards kids. So to cut through all that BS and to try to say, to educate people, to say, you know, 
And I think the good thing is as a mum, you, you will put yourself second. That if you have no money, you will spend whatever you have to to have your kids have a good breakfast and a good dinner and you won't eat yourself if you have mm. to. So I feel like if we can get it across that, um, it's so much better for them. And, you and know, price I point, I mean, how do you pick the price oh, point on summer? It'll be just the same price as all the other crap out there because yeah. we just, as we said, we try to sell online a lower margin um, just so we can do a quality but so, product yeah, so you, But people. you're not going to pitch it up as a as a premium product. No, 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 food, no, right? no, no, no. Like it wouldn't even be like a couple of dollars a serve, sort of right. like a shake sort of yeah, thing yeah, for yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's so, so in other words, it's so it's not going to be prohibitive. It's not going to be cost prohibitive. No, that's the thing it's we're passionate about is making health affordable to everyone. That's accessibility. Why, that's yep. accessibility. Yep. Like, we understand yeah. our market. Like we try to make it affordable, accessible, um, and inspirational. So, and it just, so our whole philosophy is about just helping you to give you little tools to live a better life. And the shake is a tool that gets you on the right path and then you make better food choices from that. It's not about um, extremism or there's no carrot sticks or chicken breasts or all that sort of stuff because people can't maintain that. I mean, anyone can lose weight. I mean, you get carrot sticks for a week, you're going to lose weight. But are you going to be healthy? Are you going to feel good? Are you going to be happy within yourself? And then you're just going to put it all back orange. on. you're going to turn orange. You're going to turn orange. You're going to be bloody cranky. I get hangry. I'm hangry. And that's why so. the company is called Cranky Health in the first place because we're cranky at the food industry. We're cranky at – and that's it, not the supermarket's fault and it's not the fault of, you know, the way that retail works. The reality is is there's huge barriers to entry to create a good product that gets passed on to the consumer because the more fingers you have in a pie – the less margin there is for everyone. So mm. therefore what suffers? The quality of the product suffers. So we were unique in the sense that we were like, you know what, we're going to create a product for ourselves that we want to give to our families and our loved ones. And by chance it went so well that they then told their friends who told other friends, so word of mouth marketing. And the way the dynamicness of like technology, it's so much rapid volatile. My university lecturer always used to say the world we live in today is one driven by rapid volatile discontinuous change. And I used to love that. I didn't know what it really meant at the time. But essentially it was saying that it's so (laughs) fast-paced the world now that what's on trend today is not on trend tomorrow. Can I ask you a question? Yep. Do you th- is it the consumer's fault that we eat shit or is it no. the manufacturer's fault? No, that manufacturers. They, manufacturers. But the consumers still buy it and eat it. Yeah, they still buy it because what's so I think in like, front of um, them? So, like an or... uh, so I think the problem with the health industry is, so if I go to McDonald's and I buy a cheeseburger, I am making a conscious choice that I know that is not good for me and I decide to do that. Right. So which is that's, your, that's your fault. That's my fault. Well, not your fault, but, but it's your but choice. But I understand choice. that and that's my yep. choice yep. and it might be my treat day, whatever. I have a cheeseburger every now and then. That's no problem. But when I go into the supermarket and you've got health food companies claiming to be health foods and there's more sugar in it than a can of Coke and the government allows them to put that on the label that it's a health product, I have a real issue with that because- But what about when they don't- Okay, but they can read the label now. Yeah, but only 5% of people read a label to start. I understand, but, uh, what, yeah, but, okay, I get but that, is yeah. it, whose fault is it? Is that, I mean, surely they can pick up a label. Well, I think- I mean, I don't think you can ever blame any one person for anything, but if you look at the labels, I mean, I've been done by the labels. There's a lot of tricky little jargons on there. They'll make it a two, like a one-serve yogurt and it's actually two serves. Like I've been caught and, I mean, I read everything. Yeah, but that's just, just – Yeah, I get that, Belinda, but yep. what, I mean, I, I'm not sure about this, but like yeah. – uh, because like like I have no reason, but I read every fucking label, you know, because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm conscious of what I'm doing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, And, I, I, you know, like there's you – know, I come from a working-class background. I grew up in the west suburb of Sydney – um, maybe I'm a bit more conscious of these things because my mum was always on to me about eating properly um, when I was a little kid, um, like like ahead, way ahead of her time in that regard. Um, so maybe I had some sort of background in it, but uh, 
why do I read labels? It's not because I grew up wealthy or anything like that. It's not because I can afford whatever I want. Then, then I've always read labels where there, where there was a label, and I've always looked at and I've always looked at the amount of sugar in there. Yeah, you but make I mean, it a like if you go, that, if you why, go into why, the why, supermarket, why, 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 why? Well, you make it a priority. Then that, that's the thing. Okay, but that's and me making a that's choice. That's you making a choice, and it's about choice. I agree with you. It yeah. comes back to choice, but it also comes back to the way we've been brought up in the sense that when you go into a shop, you think that you're buying something. If it says it's healthy, it is healthy. So you're trusting. And you like so we're trust. talking about education. Yeah, it's so education. So really what, we can't need, trust. What, what the issue is, is that it's who's educated yeah. it, to, to an extent that they change their behaviour. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and I mean also like if you think like I get done all the time because I go to the supermarket and I'm very conscious of what I buy, but then I've got the two kids in the trolley screaming. So you're running through the aisles 100 yeah, miles an hour. Just grab it. Oh, yeah, that's got a five-star rating. Grab that, chuck it in, chuck that. And then you come home and you go – Man, or and then you turn it over, you know, like um, you know, the, the baby foods. Like for example, we're buying baby food in the little jars, in the little jars, yeah, 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 yeah. and like one would have four grams of sugar, then the next flavor would have forty grams of sugar. Yeah, so same company, like, same different company, flavor. Same with yogurt. You know, you get a Greek yogurt compared to a strawberry yogurt. It's completely different. But I agree with you. Like it's about a conscious. At what point though choice. do we stop saying blaming others? I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. When, when, when where? I mean, I, I think we've, we've, we're a lot different than what we were 20 years ago or yeah, 30 yeah. years ago. But, um, but I mean, I, 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 it does it come to a point where we sort of say, okay, everyone should know now they can read a label. You know, like it, when do you think I and mean, what do you think needs to happen in this country? I, I think we need to take more personal responsibility. 100% we need to toughen up. I've but do you think no government doubt. has to play a role? Government has to play a role. Just simplify the, the packaging. You know, just at the front of the pack, if you put how many teaspoons of sugar are in every product. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's step number one. It's bloody yeah. simple. Yeah, yeah. You know, rather than me have to go through the back of a box and we know that sugar How many grams in a teaspoon? How many grams in this? People too, don't know, you know, yeah. and that's what I'm saying is that realistically, food manufacturers are playing off the fact that people don't know what they don't know. What, what, They're no, hiding what, ingredients. Well, why don't governments say, put on the front of this, stand, this is a, the amount of sugar in this is equivalent to five standard teaspoons of sugar. Why doesn't that happen? Is it lobby groups telling the government well, what to do? Food industries are so powerful. You know, you have a look at the food pyramid, and if anyone's out there that wants to take control of their health, go and Google Dr. Ansel Keys. Uh, he's the guy that's really responsible for developing the food pyramid in America. Time magazine did a big expose on how it came about. and all the stuff that he promoted is BS now. Yeah. So when I studied some nutritional science at uni, all the stuff I was basically taught, a lot of it was flawed based on Ansel Keys' findings from a study yep. that he did that was fraudulated. So now we know that, you know, in the morning waking up and having breakfast cereal as such isn't the way that our food pyramid should look. It shouldn't look, you know, predominantly so heavy in processed carbohydrates. Yep. But the problem you've got now is, is that we've gone down this path as a country and as an industry where the government has funded certain things like the production of corn, wheat, sugar, and whatnot, thinking that should be the basis of our diet, now realizing that, hang on, we got it wrong. How do you then backtrack? How do you say, well, in factual fact, fat aren't all bad for you. Good fats, bad fats, there's different types of fat. Not all carbohydrates are good or bad. Not all so is it the gov- do you think it's the government's, because um, you're not going to be able to educate all Australians, um, is it the government's role to be, is it nanny state stuff? Or, I mean, no, how- I think it's. I, I think do it- think that. I, I do say to people, if you want to get healthy, you do need to learn to read a label. You need to go into yeah. Google and work out what's important because otherwise you can't, you don't, if you don't know what you're eating, how can you possibly make a change? Because then you're exactly what you're saying. You're just relying on 
big companies to do the right thing. Which they don't. Which they don't because they don't have to. So well, they've, they've got to make profits. They've got to make profits. They're obviously shareholders. Actually shareholders. 100%. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's Look, if you it. look at the gym model, like they'll say that a gym model is not based on people getting healthy. It's based on a business because if everyone actually turned up to the gym. Maybe you wouldn't get a spot. You wouldn't, you wouldn't get, get a, a spot. spot. So not all businesses are created to actually help people live a better life. Most businesses are created to make profits. And you're smart, Mark. So, you understand how businesses work. Businesses that are public, that are faceless corporations, they're beholden to the shareholders. Totally. And that's all that matters. And that's where, as entrepreneurs out there that are listening to this, is that's where you can solve a problem and be better and be different is the fact that you are the face of the business. Okay, so your business, you're a, you're a relatively speaking, small yeah, business compared to the, the giants. Yeah. Um, it, it, do, and you're an entre- both entrepreneurs. Yeah. Do you do you use the usual hallmarks of an entrepreneur? That is, um, keep your business able to make quick, fast decisions so you can beat the big guys. Hundred yeah. percent. Jack Walsh was someone I looked up to when I studied leaders at university, and his flat organisational model was the one I looked at. And you know that, that's the thing is, when I walk down the street, I want people coming up to me and shaking my hand and saying, "I used your product; it was great." Yeah. Whereas a big corporation, you can go and pay a, an athlete to be the, the face of it, and it can be crap. You know, mm. like a Gatorade, for yeah, example. T- totally. Yeah, you know, be like Mike, drink Gatorade. Yeah. We know Mike's not drinking Gatorade. Yeah, Sorry, no, Gatorade. between us, we get all, but we make all the decisions on a daily basis. Decisions. And you've got to be flat, so you're nimble. And that's what, your what do you mean by flat? You explain to the audience so, what you mean by flat. So flat is basically you're not bureau- bureaucratic in the, your organisation. So like the example of when we launch a product, I take it to Blender and say, taste this. You'll then taste it amongst a whole group of people. And it's not just me then having to get approval off a funnel of people up a chain or down a chain. Mm. So you're able to do something very quick and very robust. And you can do it now. And do it now. Yeah. And that's your advantage as an entrepreneur, as a small business. You're nimble, you're fast. So if a trend develops, you can jump on the back of that trend and say, you know what? I think, for example, that vegan's going to be the next big big thing or there's a market here for kids. So McDonald's, for example, you know, take well over two and a half years to develop a new product once they've bought it to concept. But it might take them two years before it's even at concept Yeah, because they've got, they got so many people they've got to make happy yeah. and they conform and compliance. And people feel like they're part of it as well, yeah, Mark. Yeah, totally. like if you're in marketing Everyone and I come in the business and say, you know what, <laughs> I don't want to use, you know, John Black in my advertising campaign. I want to use Wally Lewis. Yeah. And that's who I'm going with. You don't, con- you have to consult. You with, alienate everybody. Yeah. And the uh, board yeah, members. Yeah. And then, you know, are we going to go down this path? So, how, so. Well, as you guys get bigger and introduce all your new products, and you you know you get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then you take it over to uh, overseas to somewhere uh, some other country, start selling another country. Will you do you think you might run the risk of losing that flat structure and uh, the two of you making all these decisions? Do you ever worry about it, or do you say, "Well, we'll stuff it. We're going to well, stay small." No, I think so. I don't think we'd ever lose it because at the end of the day, when it's your own money. You make, I think you make better decisions when it's actually your money. And if you see like big corporations waste money on, you know, marketing's the worst. Marketing mm, on a, corporate boxes yeah. at Roosters Gate. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more of it. No, 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 no but I, I agree. It's a bit like, I mean, it's, it's like, when you're actually like, this yeah. is my dollar. What am I going to spend? Like, this is my actual money. Um, OPM, you want to be other people's money. You yeah, see yeah. the way they operate. And, you know, it's even you like my media buyer who's one of the best I've ever dealt with. You know, he just says it's refreshing dealing with someone when it's their money. Because, you know, when he sends me a media schedule, I'm looking for it line by line and I'm torturing and ringing him up going, mate, why are you running this crap ad for at this time? Or, you know, so you're much more diligent and engaged and you care. And, you know, I think that that's the big thing is, you know, never forget. And if you can surround yourself with good people, which we've done well, yeah, you but the can problem keep that, that I mean, structure. I've been through it. I mean, with you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I've been through it a couple of times. You, what you do is you start off like this and then you get to a business where, like, you know, you're, you're one of the biggest in the country, which might, let's say, Wizard got to or Yellow Brick yeah, Road yeah. is, and we do billions a, mu- a month. Um, then you sort of say, well, should I have to get uh, 
you know, this this individual to, to run this part of the business. I have to have a really high-ranking CFO so the market respects me. And uh, the next, the business, all the decision-making starts to move away from you a little bit. Um, yeah. it's, and, and they don't want you to be sort of taking control because they're saying, well, hang on, why, why are you paying me 350 grand a year? Yeah, yeah. I'm like a bloody great at this job. You should be allowing me to make decisions. And they you to second-guess yourself as well sometimes. And, and uh, we're at that stage now, Mark, where, look, we've had some big businesses come along and try and buy into our business or take us over. Um, and as soon as I started going down that due diligence path, um, I was lucky to have a bit of a background in private equity. When I finished playing football, I had my economics and background in law and whatnot. I did private equity. I was selling coal to some of the, the biggest uh, companies in China. So I understood, you know, buying companies, selling companies. And, you know, we, we put our toe in the water. Channel 9 looked at getting involved in part of our business. We've had discussions with other sort of businesses of that ilk um, about coming involved in different parts of our business. But the whole due diligence process, you know, I remember hearing you talk about, you know, a particular company, you know, beating you around the head so many times in the end, you know, you're nearly on the ground and just take it, you know. So I remember you telling me that story and I was like, I remember this story, oh, Mark Boris told me about when he went to sell part of his business and, it, you, you know, you've got to be happy where just because you're a bigger business doesn't mean you're more profitable. And that's where we've got to at the moment. We're in that real growing stage now where we grew so quick. And it's like, well, hang on, you can just waste money trying to get bigger, but are you more profitable? And that's where Belinda's great for me because I'll wake up in the morning and say, I've got a new fl flavor for a new bar today. And she's like, no. well, I've got a new product or, no. <laughs> you know, like for example, you know, what, what's the next problem? Like people that are overweight, they've got joint problems. So I've got this great formulation for joints that I use on myself. Maybe you can do that. That one. I use on my, you know, that I put in a bit of turmeric and I, you know, some ginger and I've got all these great ideas. It can't be everything for but everybody. Belinda's like, <laughs> why would you then go and invest hundreds of thousands of dollars getting government approval, making this product come to market? It's diluting your focus then on your core business. I like and, that. And yeah. that's what we do yeah, as people. I think you'll there. see that all, even, you know, your Jerry Harvey's and people like that that lose money in certain ways, it's always when they go outside of their core business. Yeah. And well, I think overseas, we've been invited to go to America, <clears> like China, for example. We went over there recently and, you know, people from the so-called government have said to us, oh, bring this product in. We're in Iran. You know, we can't go there ourselves because Donald Trump won't let me in America if I go to Iran. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're in different countries, but the reality is, is we've given that to somebody else to drive. And we're happy to get a smaller percentage of that business rather than say we want it all because like Belinda said, you can't be everything to everyone. So you've got to focus on what your core business is and that's where businesses go. I right. like the way you say that, like Belinda said, I mean, like actually it's sort of quite refreshing, particularly from a, a, an ex-footy player, to be honest with you, um, mm -hmm. to hear somebody so openly praise his partner. Like yeah. it's pretty cool. And after all these years and, you know, families and kids and you've been, and by the way, being, having been in business together, I mean, that's, that's the biggest test there is. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, like I'm, I, I'm going to, we have to finish off. I mean, I could talk to you for hours as you know, and I've known Adam for a long, long time. And I've met Belinda through Adam, but I, I know Adam well, and I, I love chatting to you, but I, the thing that I think is bloody awesome is the way you reveal yourself to say this is this is the person who really the success of the business comes from. Yeah. Well, I think That's you have to cool. estimate that a little bit because I think that, yeah, I started the business and then we grew it together, but it doesn't work without one or the other. No, but I, I, so, and then equally you're coming you know back I mean? the other way. Like, and yeah. the way I look at it Which is, is true. We're a good team. And you asked just quickly because I know we've got to go, but you did say about how do you get the dynamics to work together. I think it's a rare thing. I don't think a lot of people can work on a day-to-day -day basis together. But you said in the together. beginning, if you love someone enough, it'll work. It, but yeah. if you love someone enough, it will work. I mean, don't get me wrong, we fight. Like I could punch okay. him in the face a lot of times <laughs> too. And I'm sure he's, he's been hitting the head many yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, but, the way I, you know, can I make a summary of the way? 
way, the way the dynamic works for the people listening, the way <laughs> I on. see it is this, um, the, the, my summary is this, and I'll, I'll use sort of a, a euphemistic way of saying it. The way I see it is, Adam, yeah. you cut. Belinda, you sew. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I he like cuts, that. she sews. And you know, the great thing is we're trying to clove our family. And that, that's the yeah. key is we know what our why is. We want to help people yep. and we want to be proud of something that we're doing together and make, make the world a better place. At the end of the day, money and comes in. that's the most important part, mate, yeah. because you're right. Brilliant. You're 100% right. You'll argue all day about how, how, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? And the, why, the redemption all the time is why. Why? Come back You've to got yeah, your why. True. You're both agreeing the yeah. why. Yeah, and I think that if you're you in it together. go yeah. into business just to make money, you're never going to like. You're never going to succeed because you have to have a passion. You have to have a why. You have to solve a problem for people. And I don't care at the end of the day if people like the Lady Shake or they don't like it. I know it is actually the best product out there, and I'm proud of that. And you're never going to be everything for everybody. So, you know, it's just. Yeah, be true to yourself. It's true I love yourself it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. awesome. That's really cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank mate. Great you. to see you. Good to see you. Thank you.